0: I'm honored and grateful tonight to speak with my friend Jason Coombs, who was born and raised right here in Bridgeport and who left to chase his dream in New York City and is back with something that he started, which is the Bridgeport Film Fest, taking place July 23rd through the 25th, this upcoming Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the Klein Memorial Auditorium right here in Bridgeport. And this is our first time having a a conversation together on the air. And I just want to say I'm so excited, and welcome to Mike Check, Jason.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Mike. I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I feel like what what took me so long, <laughs> or why did it take so long? <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm, what happens when the time is right. Exactly, exactly. It's meant to be right mm-hmm. now. And to start off, Jason, I just wanted to know if you know if you could talk a little bit about growing up right here in Bridgeport and. You know the people in your life that that shared and encouraged your your creativity and your love for the arts.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm so thankful that I grew up in Bridgeport. Um, I went to so I always wanted to be an actor since I was like five years old, I believe. I was like obsessed with the Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, as well as Whitney Houston and also Weird Combination. Um, but I always wanted to like pursue this career as an actor. I always knew what I wanted to become. And I was fortunate to go to Park City Magnet here in Bridgeport and I had an amazing amazing music teacher um miss patterson who was so encouraging of me i remember in sixth grade i used to come up with these like (laughs) these weird dances i would like try to choreograph into my basement and i would bring them to miss patterson and like after school I'd go bother her me and my my best friend sierra we go bother Miss patterson like every day and i show her these dances and they were horrible i'm sure they were like so bad so cheesy but she was so encouraging and i remember I had written this, like, musical version, like a hip-hop musical version of Cinderella, and I was like, Ms. Patterson, can you please, please let us do this for the spring musical? And she was like, I'll read it, I'll check it out. And, of course, it was horrible, right? I was, what, like, 12 years old or whatever. I had no idea what I was doing. But she never, like, she never dissuaded me from pursuing the arts, right? She always, like, Built me up, and even though we didn't get to do the musical that I wanted, she was so encouraging, so kind, and that really was such an influence on me. And then I was fortunate, you know, when I got to high school to go to the Regional Center for the Arts, you know, which was in Bridgeport at the time. Um, And that was like a mix of Bridgeport students and like kids from Stafford and Trumbull and Fairfield who all came together to do arts in the afternoon. And um, I eventually went to college to study uh, theater as, as well. And then, long story short, moved to New York was doing that whole thing until the pandemic and now I'm back here in Bridgeport. So I'm very, very happy and very excited to be here. And to speak to you about the festival.
0: Thank you so much for, for sharing all that. And (laughs) yeah. And and that's a lot, lot, right? (laughs) Yeah. And, and my, um, my, one of my best friends in high school, uh, was, her name is Danielle and, uh, and that was, and that was how you and I met was, um, when, you and Danielle were were peers and classmates at at Housatonic studying mm-hmm. in the film program together, and then and then eventually, Westcon, Western yep. Connecticut State University. Yeah, and I love Danielle.
1: Shout out to Danielle if she's listening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, and um, yeah, and 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 that was just that was so cool coming to see your your productions, the you know the theater program productions, both at Houstonic and at Westcon yeah and and being able to just be there and 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 realize all the hard work that went into everything that that you guys were doing Oh, so, for sure um and you know i just wanted to uh to also ask real quick if you if there's any if there was any specific um other productions or um or projects kind of you know again thinking about um whether it was growing up or high school or or in you know or in college Um, anything specific that comes to mind that that you think of as transformative for you or or as like a just a you know something that has really stuck with you
1: yeah so um when I when me and my friends had graduated from RCA we you know the summer before we all went off to college I was like we all got to do something like we're all going away to our different places and I was had this knack for directing. I never directed anything before, but I always like, you know, I'm a Type A personality. I'm an Aquarius, um, so I'm very like, kind of like take charge kind of person. And I was like, I want to direct something. So I found this play that was free online called Bang Bang You're Dead. It's a play about um, a school shooting, basically. And like, I cast like all my friends. We would rehearse. We would rehearse on the weekends in my uh, in the den of my house we all get together in this little den, like, rehearse this play. We rehearsed all summer long, and then finally we performed a play. And let me just tell you, the, the the rehearsals were a mess, you know? Like, I would, <laughs> my friends, I loved them all to death, Um, but we had no idea what we were— I, I had no idea what I was doing. i never directed anything before, and I was just kind of, like, all over the place. And, like, you know, we all, like, were just kind of, like, going— we all were kind of just, like, doing it just to do it. Like, there wasn't much, like— Heart of it at the time because we were all like we're doing other stuff and people were working and we're just doing this on the weekends and i remember when it we was time to do the show it was like early august we had been rehearsing it since like june everybody was so scared They're, like we don't know our lines we're not ready to do this can we just cancel can we tell them that greg is sick and like our 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 friend greg who was like the lead in the show and i was like no we're going to do this we, we we did it and you we know, only get on stage and everyone just like killed it like they they really brought the magic to it and that was like at the united congregational church on Park Avenue, I believe it is um, here in Bridgeport, and that was like a time where, like, seeing that come to life and seeing like under all the pressure that we were under to get it done and get it done right, and to see like how they dealt—you know—I wasn't in it; I just directed it. But to see like them bring those characters to life and really shine—that was such a transformative moment for me. And I was like, okay, like I love directing, like, and I I love writing. I want I want to pursue that more. I want to create my own stories. I want to see more stories like this. You know, the play was so was so important at the time, you know, because about school shootings, which we've all known has just gotten worse and worse and worse over the years. But it was such an important, like, think piece about why those things happen and, like, how we can, you know, how can we, we solve that issue of school shootings and to see how powerful that was and how the audience responded, I, I was just, was like so moved. And I was like, I definitely want to be a director now. I definitely want to, want to produce my own content, more original content like that. So that kind of was like a very informative moment for me. And that was here in Bridgeport, you know, with my, with my good friends.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. yeah and, and that's, and that, um, you know, like you said, of course, it's such a, such a, such powerful subject matter. And, um, you know, and then throughout, you know, as you continued on now, um, through high school and college and after, you know, now at this point, I mean, you've been, I mean, you're a writer, director, actor, you've worked in theater and television, Mm -hmm. you've created and starred in a web series, you've written and directed, um, which I was, (laughs) I was also involved in, it was a lot of fun, it's called Shaw, um, and you've also written and directed short films as well, and, and so... What inspired you to take this leap, specifically, and start a film festival? Now,
1: yeah, it's funny because I was with my my group of friends a couple of weeks ago, and we were looking at our old journals, and I, read, I had written in my journal back when I was 18 that I wanted to start a film festival, and I could see that, you know, being in my 30s now, like, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is a full circle moment that this is actually happening. But um, I think I've always been the kind of person who like loves community, right? Who loves to support other people and loves to tell stories and see other stories being told. and I think film is such a powerful medium that, you know, you can have a film, right, and it can be about a certain group of people, but if the themes are strong enough and and they're relatable, anybody can relate to it, right, and it it teaches you ways that you can um, open your mind about other groups of people. And I think like you were saying in your intro that Bridgeport gets a very negative reputation in the media. And like that wasn't the Bridgeport that I knew growing up, right? So I was hoping I can use art and, and culture as a tool to bring more positivity to the city and to actually have people from the city tell their own stories, right? And how do we get people to do that? You gotta give them the tools, you gotta give them the opportunity to see themselves in art and and on the big screen. So I was like, okay, I want to do a film festival. I want to be able to like, not only just show really awesome films, but I want to give people who live here access to it, right. I want to bring people I know from New York to bring them here to talk about being filmmakers and how they can how can the people here do that? How can they share their own stories and share their own narratives? And but that will in turn be able to change the narrative of Bridgeport because I don't think Bridgeport is really here in the media is is representative of everybody here. You know, I think this gets a, a very negative reputation and people here aren't given um, aren't given their voice right to tell their own stories and share their own experiences. So I think this film festival can be a a a little small way for that to happen.
0: In my humble opinion, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely, absolutely. And you did, you know. So could you talk about now the the journey and and the process, um, which you, by the way, did all during COVID. Um, And so I mean, that's (laughs) I know that has to must have been extraordinarily difficult um, to undertake. You know, yeah, so it was a lot more
1: challenging than I thought it was going to be.
0: <laughs> yeah, starting a, starting a film festival from scratch, and um, but yeah, can you talk about the journey and the process, and you know, and, and obviously the impact that you would say that the pandemic had on on the work that you and and the whole Bridgeport Film Fest team were yeah. were working on.
1: So, um, so I had this idea for a film fest I was brewing probably again from like really, really brewing in like 2018, 2019. And I originally wanted to start like a film program in Bridgeport. So I remember like the summer of, or the spring of 2019, I had came into Bridgeport and I was like passing off flyers. I was like, I'm going to start like a little film program here. that like it goes along with the mission I had of like, you know, changing the narrative and inspiring people to tell their own stories. But of course there's lots of, you know, a lot of hurdles such as like funding and whatnot. So that actually the film program did not happen, but I was able to meet, with an organization called Groundwork Bridgeport. Um, and the president of the company, Christina Smith, she we hit it off really well. I love the work that Groundwork does in Bridgeport. They do a lot of revitalization of the city. You know, they do a lot of like planting trees in Seaside Park, cleaning up graffiti, doing a lot of stewardship, you know, like, for example, they also, if someone is elderly and they can't like mold their own lawns, they help them in that way. So they're a great, wonderful organization that works with teenagers. And I love what they were doing. And Christina was like, "Oh, I'm doing a couple of film screenings this summer, but a film fest is something I'm interested in as well." And I was like, "Oh yeah, me too." So it kind of was like this idea. Was like, "Okay, maybe we can do this together." And then when the pandemic hit in March 2020, I was unemployed, (laughs) like most, like a lot of people across you know across New York and across the state, across I'm sorry, across the country. And I was like, okay, I have this time on my hands. And they were like, okay, well, you know, it's going to be a couple of weeks that we're going to be in the house. I was like, okay, like I have this downtime. I literally, I can't sit still. Like I'm always doing 50 things at once. So I was like, this time of me just sitting around, I can't do that. So I wrote up a proposal. I introduced it to Groundwork, and um, they loved the idea. And we were like, okay, we're going to do this. So we actually started working on it in like early April. And then originally we were like, okay, like, things will be better by June of 2020. So we'll do the festival in the summertime. As we all know, that did not happen. The pandemic was a lot worse than everyone thought it was going to be. And, um, you know, we're thinking about doing some virtual programming or doing some kind of a drive-in. We're just, like, throwing out different ideas. But, you know, we kept working on it, trying to refine the idea, trying to make it stronger, figuring out people that we would love to come and speak, like different workshops and panels we can have. You know, and then um, we officially were like, okay, we're going to do, try to do this in 2021. It's way too hard to do it in 2020, of course. And um, so we had pushed it back to like February 2021. So mind you, like, you know, November, December is happening and still things aren't the way they're supposed to be. So we're like, okay, you, there's no rush for this. We're going to push it back once again. And then finally, luckily, in the spring of 2021, you know, with the with the um, the vaccine, everything was getting better. Um, we were like, okay, this sounds like a feasible idea. We can possibly do this in person in, in summer of 2021 so we were aiming for you know june and july and then um you know we kept getting some traction like people were like really invested in the idea of doing a festival reaching out to different organizations i was on wpkn in like february or march of this year and then the client heard us on the radio and the client like was like oh we love this idea how can we be helpful to you all and then, like, we ever, ever since then, like, this was like a snowball effect of people were like, oh, we love the idea of, of arts festival, film festival. We love the idea of film here. it's such an underrepresented market. How can we help you? How can we help you? What can we do? And it's been, like, snowballing since then. I've been so thankful and so appreciative that people believed in this idea and people have been supporting the work that myself and Groundwork have been doing together to make this a possibility.
0: Yes, and shout out to Richard Feniger and Peggy Nelson and State of the Arts, which is on every Friday from 12 to 1 p.m. right here on WPKN and 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 you were just on, so you were on that time in February, and then you yeah. were just on, it was la- Again, two, two Fridays ago, me- right?
1: Two, Fridays right. ago, yeah, and they invited me on to be on there again, and, yeah, they're so kind. Like I'm saying, like, people just really have been so supportive of this whole endeavor and like, this whole initiative, and, like, you know, it was kind of scary, and, you know, and we don't have a track record of doing a film festival before, so people were just putting a lot of trust in us and a lot of trust in what we can accomplish, and it's been so, so rewarding, and I'm so thankful.
0: Well, um, thank you for sharing all that. And and so now I was wondering if you could talk about the, you know, um, so, you know, once a festival, you know, everything... Like you said, everything was, Mm -hmm. was, was moving along and, and, um, you know, and so then you, you put out a call for submissions. Can you talk about the, the response that you got and some of the, just the range of, of film submissions that you all received for the festival, as well as some of the criteria that was being looked at, um, with. Oh yeah.
1: Um, so a big thing was people kept asking me like what the theme of the festival was. And I was like, you know, I was thinking very hard about like what the theme could be, and we had an, an official theme was like change the narrative, right? That goes back to what we're telling about like storytelling and inspiring people from Bridgeport to tell their own stories. And with that, I was like, I don't want to kind of limit it to just like maybe just only black stories, right? Or just you know just drama or just comedy. I wanted to get kind of like a smorgasbord of like different kinds, different genres, different experiences from different countries. So we kind of left it open. So short films. Um, that was like the criteria it had to be 25 minutes or under, um, and it had to be a short film. So we kind of let, like let that open, and we've gotten so many wonderful ones. We had almost 400 submissions this year from over 30 countries. You know, so people just really like you know love the idea of us like just being kind of open to it, and over submitting their projects, and we ended up programming. I think we have 72 films altogether that we ended up programming of that almost 400, and there's such a wide, amazing variety. Like we have documentaries. We have super short films. We have animation. We have a Black Stories Matter film block. We have an LGBTQ film block. We have a female-led film block. Um, we have a family ties, which is like, you know, different, like different. What does family mean to different people? Is that kind of what that theme of that block is? And that was like a big thing for me is I wanted people to just like come see these films and say, oh, wow. I love that. I can do something like that. Oh, hey, like this resonated with me. I can do something like that. I can make a documentary about my experience with my family. You know, because we have this one documentary called is about this um this Hispanic young man who's like a, a little kid. You know, he's seven years old who's like a boxer, and it's about like how his family it supports him, his dream of being a boxer. And I was like, that's such a cool story. That I have no, I have no idea anything about like child boxing, right? i have no idea anything about that but the story was just so moving and so powerful that it really resonated with me so i'm like if people can find different things in this festival to resonate with them that would be super awesome and then the criteria was just you know we would just of course there was like no like gratuitous nudity or like excess violence but we didn't want to put like a cap on anyone's creativity and of course of course like no hate speech or anything like that But we wanted to just see you know what people what kind of stories people want to tell, and like what we think would resonate with the community here in Bridgeport. So that was like a big thing for us, was just like can like being open and and. Yeah, we had like some submissions that weren't as strong as others and maybe some, a lot of the films were made during the pandemic because we had like a pandemic category, like films made during the pandemic called The Lockdown Diaries. And maybe those, all those films aren't like the most like technically proficient films, but they also have a lot of heart to them, right? Because people weren't able to get big groups of filmmakers together on set. You know, they were making, they were making these projects with one or two or three people together, like in their houses or, you know, on zoom or whatever. And there's a lot of beauty in those stories as well. So like, there was no like, Oh, like this movie isn't like the cinematography isn't a hundred percent perfect. So we can't show it. You know, it was like, what mattered most was like the heart it was about the story about the people, about the connection and how we think people in will sure relate to those stories. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. That's so powerful. And th- all those submissions. Wow. That's, you know, I mean, you said uh, 400 submissions, 30, yeah, from, 30? Yeah, almost. We had uh, like 390. And how, oh, many, oh, how many countries 400. again? Over 30 countries. Over 30 countries. That's incredible. Yeah. I, I just yeah, want to say. I was like, oh, we'll probably get 100. <laughs> I was
1: like, oh, maybe like, we'll get 100. I think my goal was 200. I was like, if I get 200 submissions, I'll be ecstatic and then we got to 200 and it just kept coming in and just kept coming in and I was like holy crap we need more volunteers to watch these.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's so cool and that's just incredible and, and um I wanted to just also add just to be to be transparent that a film that I am involved in and was part of the mm-hmm. the collective that that produced um is going to be screening at the festival and and is in the family ties uh, category of of short films yeah. and um it's something that uh it's a it's a piece that was um ma- basically made by, it was it was made by myself Jasmine Melendez John Kowalski and Jordan Mendez and it's uh it's about um Jason Negron, who was murdered by Bridgeport police um on May ninth, 2017 uh-huh. and the movement that his murder that his murder sparked and all the work that uh the powerful work that his his sister jazz and her family and and his friends and other folks in the community have have been been doing to still fight for justice for his life and so that yeah. that, that piece was uh yeah it went through the the uh submission process and and everything and i know you had you had a such a um an incredible team um different committees and
1: oh my gosh mike we had and i'm so fortunate like i could not have watched 400 films by myself there's like no way so we had at least 22 to 25 screeners, you know, people who sat down and watched the films and like every film got watched by two or three people and they would rate it on a scale of one to 10. Um, and, you know, like, of course, like I said, like, you know, some of the lockdown films, like, you know, they were a little bit more lenient with like with the ratings because we were all about heart rate. And people were making these during the during making these during the pandemic. So a lot more lenient with those. But um, yeah, and then we had like a team of, of jurors, of 12 jurors who end up like choosing our award nominees and, and award winners so it's been this huge undertaking that like you know I, I'm so fortunate and so happy that you know everybody has been so responsive and 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 I know you have people saying it's you know Jason's festival but it's like not just my festival I had a whole amazing team of people who just really stepped up and been so supportive and I'm so thankful for each and every one of them because I literally cannot have done this like alone at all.
0: And, then, you know, that speaks to just the nature of the arts, right? And the nature of For sure. any creative endeavor. I mean, maybe, I guess there are some things that you could, you know, you could certainly, like, there's probably musicians that are just, like, soloists or, do, you know, things like that. But, I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, you know, like, everything requires a collective of people or, like, just, a, yeah. you know, doing things together, you know, and, and um, th- theater, you know, theater, film, You know, like I was, I remember the first time I was working on a film set and being just so, or even like being, studying film in college and like, you know, just Mm -hmm. for the finally like understanding like, oh, so this is why like the credits are so long after films. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Because it's, everybody has a, has a role and has a specific, you know, you know, role to play and, uh, and it all comes together. So um, we have just a few minutes left and I can't believe how fast time is flying already. I know, right? (laughs) But um, I, I wanted to know if you could talk quickly about some of the workshops and um, other special events that you'll have taking place at the festival in addition to the screenings of the oh, submissions. Sure.
1: Yeah. So um, we have two. So besides these wonderful short films, you're going to see, we are playing two features. The first one is called Ancine, which is directed by Liz Ortega. And it's a documentary that challenges the perceptions of disability through the perspective of actress and wheelchair dancer, Jamie Patrone. And we're super excited to have um, both Jamie and Liz are going to be there um, to-, to give a talk back with audiences and a moderator. Someone, so we're so excited about that. And then we wanted to make sure that we're being accessible to our communities in multiple ways. Right. And like, you know, Bridgeport has never had a film festival before. And even talking to people like my sister, and I'm telling her, or my mom, I'm telling them about my film festival, they're like, oh, like when are we going to come see your play? And I'm like, <laughs> it's not a play. It's not a play. It's a, it's a festival. So we wanted to make sure like we had some um, more mainstream things. So we're going to show Disney's Moana for free for audiences of all ages to come down as well. That's happening on Sunday. The unseen documentary is happening on Saturday. We're having a cell phone filmmaking workshop. So... We have, we're so fortunate to live in a time where everybody has a phone or mostly, I will not say everybody, but a lot of people have a a smartphone where you can tell your own stories, right? You can create videos and and TikToks and whatnot. So we're having a cell phone filmmaking workshop with a gentleman named Matthew Donovan, who's leading that um, on Saturday at four different times throughout the day. Check our website for those times. And then we have some cool panels. We're having a women in film and TV panel that's being moderated by Francesca Andre. And, you know, she's gonna be leading this this panel with um, a woman named Aiza Fatima, who is an actor and filmmaker, Jacqueline Blythe, Latrice Strong, actress Kristen Dodson, Makiba L. Ross, Sahar Al-Swath, and Trish Clark from the Nutmeg Institute. They're all gonna be talking about what it's like being a, women, being a woman in a, in a very male-dominated industry and what other some of the changes that we can all make, right, to make film and TV and storytelling more accessible to women. So I'm really cool about, I'm very excited about that. And then we also have a Bridgeport Kids Back Panel, um, which is going to be moderated by my good friend Dr. Shannon fairley Pittman, who's leading a discussion with artists from originally from Bridgeport who are coming back to Bridgeport to talk about being artists. So we have like Alana Coffin. she was on the national tour of RENT, the musical. We have um, Joel Ramos, who's a touring actor. My friend Lisa Miller White, who runs a theater, a nonprofit theater in Philadelphia. T. Ashley, who is a local independent author, um, Edward Figueroa, Joel Roman, um, local actors and filmmakers here in Bridgeport, and myself will be on that panel as well, because we want to show people, like, yes, like, being an artist, being a creative person is not just a pipe dream, right? It's actually attainable. And I wanted to bring people back to come back and talk about their journeys as artists and how they made it they how they made it and how they keep doing it, even through a pandemic and even through the struggles, right? They're still out here and they're still creating. So that was a big thing for me. And then the last one, if I have uh, 30 more seconds, um, we're doing an indie filmmaking in Connecticut and Beyond panel. So if anybody who's ever interested in making a film, we have some really great panelists who are gonna talk about their experiences making films in Connecticut and nearby and like what are some of the things you should know about like getting locations and, and tax credits and, and casting. Like all the questions you may have, you can bring them, ask these wonderful people, including Chris Ruggiero, Edward Figueroa, Edwin Escobar, Joel Woman, John Gray, Lisa Marie Tesco. De- 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 um, really cool local people who are killing it, and we're so happy to have each and every one of them on that panel as well.
0: That's awesome. that's so exciting. And you also there's gonna be um there's gonna be scholarships as well that that you're doing right?
1: Yes, yeah, so we're um we're still raising money. We're trying to give away five scholarships. So if anyone is a student in Bridgeport, who is going to be pursuing the arts in the fall or in the spring of next year, go to our website. We still have um, applications open. We're giving away um, $2,000 scholarships to people pursuing the arts. So it could be visual arts. It could be performing arts. It could be writing, creative writing. It could be filmmaking, any kind of arts. We want to give you some money to pursue your dream. So reach out to us, please.
0: (laughs) And then, um, you know, so both for that, but also just generally for for our listeners now, how can – whether it's the scholarships or just in general, how can our listeners learn more about the Bridgeport Film Fest and get tickets?
1: Yeah, all the information about everything from tickets to panels to workshops and all the films are on our website at bridgeportfilmfest.org. So Bridgeport Film Fest, all one word, dot .org. And if I can say one more thing really quickly, Mike, if you can't make it in person, because it is still COVID time and we are taking it seriously still, there's a virtual, pan- uh, virtual workshops and virtual panels and virtual films that you can watch from the comfort of your own home if you can't make it in person. That's also on the website too.
0: <laughs> awesome. Jason Coombs, Bridgeport native, my friend, and uh, so much more. F- founder of the Bridgeport Film Fest, thank you so much for being on Mic Check with me tonight. And uh,
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much and hope you have a great night.
1: Yes, I hope I see you all next weekend.